0: Welcome to another episode of Love the Game, the Love the Game podcast, where we talk hoops. This is an NBA podcast, and we're going to do our best this episode to talk about the draft. The NBA draft is coming up. A, a very important draft. I think there are a lot of teams, a lot of veteran players trying to make moves. Is this going to be more of a, a, and I don't know, my, my co-host Justin can can fill us in on this, on if this is a a talent heavy draft we'll get his opinion in a second uh but that's what it's gonna be as always my name is ash you can find me across social media at planet osha is the love the game podcast justin before we get into it go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to the people and tell them where they can find you yeah so everyone can find me um i'm on all
1: social media platforms you guys can find me on twitter my name is Justin Batiste 4 Instagram, Justin Bat- Batiste 22, uh, snap, snap, Snapchat, Justin Batiste 22, uh, LinkedIn, Justin Batiste. And I want to see the, 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 those are all my social medias. And you guys can also follow my boost blog, tradesandlays.com, which I've been uh, covering the NBA draft. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of uh, draft talk on there, a lot.
0: tradesandlays.com. Never forget. I mean, you make me want to start my blog up again, but I got enough on my hands. I think that the Yeah, podcast, man, it's, you know, it's a lot, man. It's, it, it's, it's I remember the days I used to have our, our our sports show, and I was doing everything, like the blog, the video. It was a lot. I mean, it's fun, but takes time, man. it, takes, it time. takes time. And you realize it's a full-time job. You're creating the content. You're editing. You're marketing. It, yeah. It's a lot. and So unless you're getting paid to do it, it's, it's – unfortunate like sometimes it's hard to keep up with these passions you know because it takes so much time and energy Uh, so you know I just but I got tired of not being in sports so like you know let me just start it again but just not put pressure on myself to like you know passion hobby and then we'll, we'll see what the future holds anyways with all that being said draft talk now I was saying earlier admittedly I don't really follow the college game too much I'm a Fairweather fan when it comes to the college game, I really tune in during March Madness. I know you're big on college ball, being an AAU coach as well. So this is definitely going to be your expertise. Now, the actual draft, as you just told me, doesn't happen till July 29th. So we have a ways to go. And I know, you know, people's draft boards are going to move around. Uh, players, you know, their stock will rise, it will fall. So we really don't know Who's gonna end up where? But just for now, we can always do more draft episodes. I just want to get you know your opinion and your take on some of these players coming out. Um, what I will do just to start is remind the people, at least for the draft lottery, the draft order coming up. So, of course, the Detroit Pistons. They won the draft lottery. They had the number one overall pick. I'm just going to go down from first to 14th. So after Detroit number one, we have Houston two, Cleveland three, Toronto four, Orlando five, OKC six, Golden State Warriors seventh, Orlando eighth, Sacramento ninth, New Orleans 10th, Charlotte 11th, almost done, San Antonio 12th, Indiana 13th, and the Warriors 14th. Now, two things that stand out to me, that the Orlando Magic have five and eight. That's that's pretty baller right there, five and eight. And then the Golden State Warriors, and you already have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. And you have the seven and 14, so we can get into all that stuff maybe in other episodes. But those two teams stand out to me because they have two lottery picks. But based on you know the draft lottery order and what you know, who do you think is going to end up in this, at least the top four? Top four, I definitely think Kay Cunningham, uh,
1: uh, Oklahoma State, Jalen Green uh, for G League Ignite, Evan Mobley uh, from USC, and I would say Jalen Suggs from um, Gonzaga. I think those are gonna be the top four players uh, picked in in the draft, because they're just very talented. But just overall, I think that this this draft has a lot of talent in it. I think it's a lot of stars in it especially like the first two picks, I think Jalen Green, Cade Cunningham is like front line, and those guys are gonna be superstars. And that there's that, a couple of sleepers too in, in this draft also. But I think the top four is definitely gonna be those guys.
0: Okay. And that seems to be the consensus from, you know, just different things I'm hearing, you know, sports talk, analysts and things like that, that some variation of that top four is gonna happen. Now, do you agree that Cade Cunningham, right? uh is overall number one or can you foresee any reason that he wouldn't go one now i'm not gonna lie Kay Cunningham, he has game he's so he's very skilled
1: he's a big point guard big guard period iq is high and i it, it wouldn't shock me if if he goes number one but that guy Jalen green is just i mean he's 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 electric uh he played with the g league team and he put up uh big numbers and he could hold his own. And I think, you know, he could go number one too. So it's like, those two guys are just tip for tap. It's really like what you want, but those two guys are very, very talented players. All-stars, Hall of Famers, I'm like saying it right right now, that those guys are gonna be the face of the league coming in in, in like the next like three, four years.
0: That's a big take. That's a big, I mean, look, you would hope so, right? You would hope your top, number one overall pick, number two, you would hope your lottery players are the stars of tomorrow. Now, sometimes that doesn't always pan out, you know, whether you want to call people busts or not. Like, it it happens. Sometimes it doesn't always pan out. And sometimes you have sleeper late picks, even second-round picks that somehow come out and become big-name players in the NBA. So you'd hope so. But to just go out on the limb and say right now, uh, superstars, Hall of Famers, that means you have a lot of confidence in the the top. Yeah, I know.
1: But I I've, I I've seen them both both play like when they were younger at like a team camp, and they were just like you know the way they carried, they were like so the way that they you know acted on the court off the court, uh, and they're just like very talented players like they just have a skill set both of them do and they just have have talent, and I think that they're if they put the work in which I I think that they will, I think they the ceiling is just Hall of Fame status. Okay. I know it's, it's a lot to put on these young kids, but I mean, I don't feel bad
0: calling it right now. I don't, like...
1: Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I hey... Even, you know, I mean, so. <laughs> that, that's your take. You sky's a limit. And, and hey, a lot of times it does come down to work ethic, which is, you know, not to go away from the draft, but one of the big questions surrounding ben simmons right now even when he was at lsu there are questions about his, his work ethic and maybe that's one of the reasons why we're seeing he's not progressing so maybe these kids coming out now you know if they, if they do have the work ethic then uh you know maybe they can reach the those heights but and you did mention something that is makes me curious because i didn't know now you're saying Jalen green uh well not Jalen. Uh, what's his name the, the uh was it was jaylen green yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Green. I'm, I'm thinking of Jalen yeah, Brown. I'm like, Jalen Brown is on the He's not Jalen Brown. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, That's all i like. It, it tripped me up for a minute. I'm like, Jalen Green? That sounds so familiar. I'm thinking of Jalen Brown. But you said he's coming from the G League. So I didn't know that. So yeah, G league players can re-enter into or enter into the draft?
1: Yeah, well, he was the first person to actually start this. Like, the G League, wow. they made a league for for players coming out of high school for him. He was the first person that started it all. So like, he just like revolutionized the game by doing that. You know, he took 500,000, they paid him $500,000. Uh, he was the face of the league. Uh, they put all the top high school players. A couple of guys also came into the league too, but he was the first person that
0: that started it. And yeah, he, he's getting drafted from, from that G League team. Okay, so you might have to, to walk me back just a couple of steps and what a great uh, episode to do it. So the G League has been out for a while. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So like when you say he, he started it, do you mean a wave of high school players going to the G League? Because I know the G League has been out. kind of. Yeah, about- but the
1: thing about it is that, 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 that the G League, they have a certain team called G League Ignite. Okay, gotcha. That's a, that's- that, like, that, that's a brand new team that was started this past season. Okay, and that team has all the top high school players on that team who are foregoing college. Who are foregoing college to go to the NBA? So, uh, right. uh, like a no, like a like a Lakers G League team, they're not drafting guys like number one pick from that team. They're drafting kids from that G League team, the G League Ignite. So right. that like they have another player. Uh, his name is um, uh, Jonathan Kuminga.
0: Uh-huh, I'm yeah, sure. he's, he's from what I've seen from some of the mock drafts, his name is up there for sure.
1: Yeah, but he's on G League 8, eight nine, two, so those are the guys who were, like, the face of the G League, and now they're getting drafted, so.
0: It, it sounds to me, too, like, which is smart on the NBA's um, part, that they're trying to sort of take away the business of some of these semi-pro teams. Um, so if you think about guys like Lamello Ball, right, and yeah. what the Ball brothers were trying to do for going—I mean, for different reasons because of Levar—but you know, um, for going college to play on these sort of AAU-style semi-pro teams and get paid, like that was a J- JBL, right? Things yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. Getting, was ABL, for yeah. Going college, getting paid to play. Levar, LeVar started team. all that though. Yeah, he
1: exactly. People, don't, people don't, don't 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 people don't give him his flowers. He started like they have overtime and starting a league now. But he started like having his own league where like high school kids, you know, can go and get paid, and right. then now everyone is doing their own thing. Of course, the I the,
0: mean, the G League is the highest, but you got to uh, You're right. Like you got to give him his credit, but to his fault, I think he doesn't get his flowers and his credit because he's been kind of like yeah, kind so of just douchey, like, douchey, hard to deal with boisterous loud and it's like for better or for worse right or wrong people don't like to deal with those kind of people i have nothing against lavar ball he's very entertaining um but and, and that's how he made his brand by you know being loud being a little obnoxious like getting under people's skin so i mean it's obviously worked for him and been profitable for him but i would i the point i'm trying to make is i feel like if he had a different demeanor right or a different attitude of personality I feel like people would be more gracious to give him maybe his credit for kind of starting that trend. But yeah. you know what I mean? Because that, that, when you're talking about G League Ignite, it took me to like JBL. It's like, Oh, it makes so much sense for these high school players, top prospects to, I mean, you know, college, you, you can, never i don't think there's anything that can replace the college experience overall if that's what you want if you want the coaching you want the sort of longer development you want the co- like there's nothing wrong with that but a lot of kids want to get paid and that seems like that's where things are changing so it just seems like the nba um along with other like you said other people starting these leagues are, are seeing that that trend and capitalizing on that and but I didn't, i didn't know about g-league ignite so You just talk to something new. And so now uh, high school guys are going to that G League team and then uh, getting drafted out of that. And look, now we have one of the – a couple of them who are uh, projected to come out of the – to be a lottery pick and potentially a a second pick. So that just shows the success of that. And I'm sure in the future we're going to see many, many more top high school prospects um, going to that league and and then getting drafted that way. Man. So, not to, you know, obviously not changing course because we're staying on the draft, but so we have the top four guys, right, that we mentioned. What sleepers do you think are out there? Other, you know, maybe really top prospects that might not be getting as much buzz as some of these top players, if any, in your opinion.
1: Uh, I think uh, Davion Mitchell uh, from Baylor. Mm -hmm. I think he's a sleeper. Um, He just, they won, Baylor, they they won the national championship, but I, I think he he's a sleeper. Um, I mean, he could score the ball. He's tough. Plays defense. He could be a two-way player. Uh, it's like Diamond Mitchell type type of play, you know, type of style, style of play. So I think like he's a sleeper. Uh, I think Scotty Scotty Barnes. Uh, I think he's gonna be good in the league. I think he's a sleeper too. Uh, but. As far as like sleeper wise, I mean, I just feel like those are the main, those two, maybe uh, Jared Butler. I think he's a solid player. Jared Butler, uh, Baylor too. He's good. But I think those three guys, it's really Scotty Barnes, I think he's kind of on the radar, but um, I don't, they haven't really been talking about him too much that I've, I've seen. But I think he's like a Draymond Green type of player. Okay. so, you know, Dr- Draymond Green, you've seen what, what he what he does. So I think he can be that, that type of player for an NBA team with the right pieces around him. And then we know the type of player um, Brandon Mitchell is. And I think Davion Mitchell is that type of player also. So I think those are the two guys who I think that could make a huge impact in the league someday. And um, I think also Trey Mann from Florida, uh, he's, he's a good player, late uh, late first rounder. I think he's a sleeper, too. But I just think that, like, this class overall is just filled with filled with a lot of talent.
0: So I wonder know, if we're going to look back, you know, I wonder if we're going to look back in a few years and this actually end up being one of the great drafts in NBA history. Uh, because that, I think it's the 2018 draft. The 2018 draft right now is looking pretty fire, right? Um, and I think it was DeAndre Ayton. Who tweeted something about it being the draft, the best draft class ever? And I don't know about that, right? Especially with the 1996 draft, Nash, Kobe, who, uh, so many other people on the um, in that draft. But I'm looking at this 2018 draft. You got Luca, Aiton, Trey Young, right? Like there are so many stars that have actually come out of this draft. So i not there's some literally belitt- to that. But based on what you're saying. This draft actually seems like, you know, the 2021 draft seems like it could be pretty deep and, you know, maybe the 96 and the 18 draft will have some competition on just, like, talent-heavy, talent-wise. Uh, um, and do-
1: Cooper, too. Uh, Arvin, small guard. There's a lot of kids. I mean, a lot of guys who could eventually be B.J. Boston Kentucky. You know, guys who could eventually uh, make an impact in years to come. Maybe not the first year, but, like, four or five years, like, they, they could be, you know, a good pick. Herbert Jones out of Alabama,
0: sleeper. Like, it's a lot of players out here that, that can play. Yeah, I mean, you're listing a lot of names, so it sounds like this draft is deep. It sounds like the teams, especially the teams in the lottery, have their their, their chance at some players that can really make a difference for their sure. franchise. You know, I was looking at, I'm um, doing a little draft research myself, speaking of Davion Mitchell. He, there's the way he's built. It almost looks like he doesn't have an NBA body, and I can see how how he could be compared to um Aaron Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just just because I'm looking at, at body size, I mean, and position, but I'm like, it's something about Damian Mitchell. I'm just like, dude, that that dude, that that's like a, a man. Like that dude is big. He almost looks like he has sort of like a football body. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, when I think of NBA players, I mean, yes. Uh, muscle tone but i think taller and slimmer unless you're a big guy you know what i mean so especially for a guard you usually don't find uh too many bigger stronger guards it makes me think of someone like eric bledsoe right like broad shoulders. maybe you never know broad shoulders like big strong guys but but we'll we'll, we'll see what happens um i do want to get in because i mean since I am one of the hosts of this podcast, i, I never fail to, to talk about my own teams. Uh, I want to talk about the Warriors because they have, I mean, obviously we know what kind of season they've had the last couple of seasons. Um, you know, obviously, There's a lot of room for improvement, but then we also just saw what kind of season Steph Curry came off of, right? He was the MVP candidate. He was, I think he was second in the voting. He didn't get that many votes, but he was technically second behind Jokic, and this Warriors team, they have a seventh and a 14th pick. Now, you know, whether or not, like, you have any ideas of who they might choose, I don't know. Like, is there any kind of feeling of of what you think they might do with these these picks? Are you leaning so far towards this draft class is so talent heavy, they should keep their picks and add to and, and create a young core for the future past Steph and Clay's era? Or do you think they package these picks? What do you think maybe is the best strategy for these guys to get back into contention?
1: I mean, what they have now, I think they should, uh, you know, get a younger crew, because I mean, like what they have have now is pretty good. You know, you got Clay coming back. Uh, I think Clay, Draymond, and Steph. I mean, that's a big three in itself. And you know, with these younger players coming in, I mean, they they've already won championships. You know what I mean? They have they already have. what well, they have three now. Steph has. They have three. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like you know, what are you really chasing? You know what I mean? So why not? You already drafted Wiseman. You drafted him. You have the seventh pick in the in the 14th pick with some young players who can actually play. So I would just keep it and just draft them. Like draft them because I think like they could be like rotation guys. You know, because they're that good. I think that they can catch on, learn the system and, you know uh grow in the warrior system and then are they could or they, they could use those picks and try to trade them and try to get better players but i mean i honestly i would have to see what other teams offer me but honestly i would just like keep it and just draft what i have yeah you know i have 15 solid picks i mean like, you know it's, like it's not it's, it's like it's not like they aren't it's, it's not like they're chasing the chasing the rain. You know I mean, cool. they have enough. They are like they have enough, but it's like, I mean, who else can they get? I feel like with, I feel like with Clay, you know, with and also they also have another year of experience because that was a pretty solid team. You know, they almost made, it, they almost made it to the playoffs. I think they add Clay.
0: I think it's a different team completely. I mean, to your credit, Clay. Makes a huge difference. And I truly believe that he'll come back pretty much in his form. I think if there's any drop off, it'll be more defensively, um, just because he was a great two way player. So if there is any drop off, I think it would be defensively, but not like completely. Um, But in terms of like offensively, because he never had to rely on his athleticism to score or to be lethal, he never even had to rely on his ball handling skills, right? 60 points in three quarters. Um, thirty-seven points and eleven dribbles. Like these are numbers that he's put up. If, if unless I'm, I hope I'm not mixing up his stats. So I think Clay alone, and not just his contribution, but with him on the court, that even that frees things up even more for Steph. Steph doesn't have to. He he can't all of a sudden be triple double team. So I think you're right. I think just with Clay coming back, that automatically gets him into the playoffs and and puts him into. I mean, not like championship contention right away. Like with these teams out in the west but it gets them i think at least in the second round of the playoffs as is however uh the other side of that is you know i think play is not projected uh to come back until kind of like post all-star break a little bit so they have to have a good enough team that's able to kind of get them a good record until they get clay back uh and but but you know even with that being said I, for some reason i'm with you on build for the future because you do have these three rings already, and you know Steph, Clay, and Dre are, are going to be there forever. And if you put everything in to win now, anything can happen, as we're seeing this season with injuries. But if you put everything into now and you basically jeopardize your future and it doesn't work out, not only did you not get that ring, but you also didn't build—you know what I mean—a team that can grow over the years. Now, I mean, in the, the day, who knows what they'll do? Uh, but I don't know, but I, I, I may be with you. Like just especially if, the, like, if what you're saying is kind of on point and this draft is talent heavy. You take two lottery picks plus wise men, have them learn in the system with greats like Steph, Clay, Draymond, that coaching staff, by the time those guys phase out, you could have another potential big three, like solid three, like you know, if those are if you hit on those picks. So and and if you hit on those picks. They may be able to come in and contribute enough right now to give you that extra firepower to be in contention. You know what I mean? So, so we'll see. Um, now I'm gonna ask you this: The Lakers, my Lakers, they have the 22nd pick. Is there anyone in mind? I know at that point we're out of we're out of the lottery, right? Once we go past 14. Um, just looking at some mock drafts, is there any name? that maybe comes to you off the top of your head or if you think about it for a little bit that you maybe could see falling uh, to the 22nd pick or anything like that that might be beneficial to... uh...
1: Yeah, Lakers? Yeah. Yeah, uh, They they have a couple of players that I could see in picking. I mean, you got Cameron Thomas from LSU. I think he can score score the ball. Uh, Johnny Juzang from UCLA, he can score the ball. Trey Maynard from Florida. He can score the ball. Like, these are all guys who I think that, that can help LeBron, you know, um, as a shooter. So the, 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 uh, the, these are all guys who can shoot shoot the ball. And I think that they're good on big, really. So I think they could like, bring guys who can help out, you know, space out the floor. These are all guys who I think that can help.
0: Now, you know, I uh... – I don't, I don't, again, I don't follow college too much, but I did see with my own eyes, uh, Johnny, uh, uh, Juzang. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I saw with my own eyes him. And you know, that the UCLA team that from what I heard was like, kind of was exceeding expectations. And he was a a big reason for that. I saw him getting buckets and some of those, you know, even the game against Gonzaga that they ultimately lost. In fact, that was an epic game right before the finals, right. The, um, I mean, it was the final four or something like that. Uh, that was an epic game. And so I saw him ball. So just based on what I saw with my own eyes, I would not be mad at that. That's someone who can put the ball in, you know, it's different going from college to, to the pros, but I mean, he can shoot the mid range. He can get to the basket. He can hit three.
1: Too. He shoots from pretty far.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, he can hit from three. So it's like, that's kind of like at all three levels, like at the basket, mid range, you know, outside. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind someone like that. We, de- we definitely need shooters. Um, someone else who I, I know is in the draft from Gonzaga outside of Suggs, Corey Kispert. Where do you see him going or like his potential? Um,
1: oh, man. I like him a lot, I, actually, man. I think he can um, definitely be a lottery pick because of how well he – I mean, I think he's the best shooter in the NBA. And I think teams always need shooting. So I think he's, he's, he's a lottery pick. I kind of compare him to Joe Harris, that type of shooter. So I think he's definitely a guy that can make a make a team better for sure. I, I like him a lot. He has size. He's, a, he's low key athletic too. About uh, six eight, can shoot the ball, uh, knows how to win. So I
0: think he, he
1: he he's definitely a lottery pick. I think
0: he can yeah. be a lottery pick. I'm looking at this mock draft. They have him going 10 to New Orleans. He's one of those those. Sleeper guys that I would love. Okay, you know, being a Lakers and Warriors fan, that I would love to fall. That I would love to fall. And I, I don't, you know, know 20, if. Twenty? I don't know about that. Not twenty-two. I was gonna say fourteen. Oh 14, uh, 14 for um, the Warriors. Oh, no, no, and it depends on. I think. I think they have um, a couple mock drafts have has had Zaire Williams going to the Warriors at fourteen. Uh, this one I'm looking at has Chris Duarte going to the Warriors at 14, and you know, again, I can only go with my eye test. And you know, getting into the Final Four, getting into the uh, championship round, like that experience matters. Plus, you're a shooter. I mean, you put a, more shooters on a team with Steph and Clay. You know what I mean? Like that's just what a defense is going to do. Like you can't, you really can't double anyone. You you can't. If they could get a guy like that, you know, if they can get someone. Uh, at seven that maybe meets their front court needs or something like that, Uh, but they can get another guard or just, you know, or a small forward that that can shoot the ball. I mean, we'll see. I would love to see see him fall to 14. That'd be dope. Uh, What else, though? Anything else that that jumps out to you draft-wise that we haven't gone over? Just any one particular player that you're looking forward to seeing or a couple players that you're looking forward to seeing how their game translates uh, to the NBA or to just like? Sharif
1: Cooper, man. I mean, he missed like a lot. He missed a lot of the season at Auburn because some stuff happened. And when he, he came back, he came back balling. Uh, apparently, he's, he was, uh, I know he was always like a small guard, like 5'9, five, 5'10. Five, Recently, he tested at, at the combine 6'3, 6'4. So it was like, I, that's a huge jump. So I want to see, you know, how his career know because he can play kid can play uh but he, he 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 got taller so i'm really interested to see how he does in the nba or where he falls in the draft
0: okay dope sounds good i'm just looking forward i'm looking forward to seeing uh ultimately where everyone goes that, that's the excitement there and I think just seeing how, like I said, these draft boards change. I don't follow the combine too much. I do know they do, um, you know, five on fives, and what I've kind of picked up from that is like how you perform in those games against, you know, because you know, being playing in colleges is one thing, right? You have just like the NBA. You're all in the NBA, so you're all professionals. But there are levels to greatness in the NBA. Same with college, right? There are levels to. I mean, in terms of. You know, it can be a freshman to a senior, right? Experience levels are different and just skill levels are different. But with the combine, these are, you know, all the talented kids who were invited in, who are, you know, projected to go on the draft. So I would say the level of competition is like an even playing field, right? You're the best of the best coming out of college. And so those five-on-five, from what I'm understanding, really are kind of helping and or hurting people's draft stop. So as a, I don't know if it's if things will continue, but I know that has played um, a significant role so far and like some some names moving up and down the board outside of the top four. I think the overall consensus is that top four that you mentioned um, are kind of solid. But then do you believe that there's like a drop-off, like there's a top four and then there's like everybody else in that group are the ones who have to prove themselves still?
1: Uh, I think everyone has to definitely prove themselves even like the first and second pick. I mean, we all know how good they are, but I at, at, at the end of the day, they still have to play. But I just think like throughout the entire draft, I think you may have like a few gaps, but like the first from like the first the first picks to like the mid to the end of the first round, you have guys who can all play, who all can have an impact on on an NBA team. Like you got Jared Butler at 29. And then you have in the mid, like you got, I mean, you have Johnny Juzing at 24, Cam Thomas at 21, Jay Springer at 20, uh, Josh Pittsburgh at 18. So like all these guys, you know, were like names in college, like big names coming into college. So I just think like it's, it's it's spread out, but it's just not like, well, the first round is done. Okay, turn off the TV. It's not that like, you got guys in the second round who, who, who can also go. So this draft here
0: could be a special draft, I think. Special, draft. I mean, that seems to be like uh, the overall vibe, man. Um, everyone heard it here first. Justin is calling it some of our top fours, maybe future Hall of Famers. But at the very least, the draft is deep. A lot of players round one and two who can come in and make significant changes on potentially your team. But for sure we'll, we'll, we'll just have to see what happens i'm sure we will do more nba draft talk as we near the actual draft and i'm sure we will do a you know post draft once everything is set episode so everyone stay tuned for that but i mean that's going to be it for this one I'm uh, I'm really excited about your takes and you know, I wanna see how spot on you are just in terms of like how deep this draft is. And as we, you know, as time goes on to see which of these players actually come in and make an immediate impact for their team. But it seems like it's gonna be a lot. But with that being
1: is that people are yeah. sleeping on Trey Young, I try to tell people <laughs> that this dude is gonna be he's too small. Okay okay
0: but uh, look okay. I, I wouldn't compare him not yet not yet i wouldn't compare him to steph curry in that way especially because actual three-point percentages are, are off steph is it's just in terms of percent, way better shooter however they said the same thing about steph coming out of davidson too small not strong enough now, right so i think we need to get rid of that narrative of like oh if you're too like if you can ball you can ball i mean look think about nate robinson Nate Robinson wasn't a great but he probably is the smallest NBA player that I can remember in history and he had a time he had his own sort of prime when he was balling NBA dunk um, contest winner but like like he could put you know what I mean he, he got his for the time he was in the league so I mean sometimes size no pun intended or whatever <laughs> size doesn't necessarily always matter if you're a gamer, you're a gamer. If you have skills, you have skills, and sometimes that small size can be an advantage, you know. Especially if people regard like when Steph Curry gets switched on to a big, come on now, what do they call it, barbecue chicken or whatever, it's like it 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 could come in handy. So I, you know, I like I said, I never was a big college person, so I was never one of the people who talked about Trey Young. But I, but you're right. I heard a lot of chatter, a lot of chatter about his game now being able to translate. And look at him now. I mean, we we won't even get into the injuries and stuff. But that's a whole different episode for a whole different time, maybe next week. Uh, I mean, but what's what's going on with Giannis and the Bucks? I imagine Trey Young coming back before Giannis. So who knows? Like this dude might literally end up leading his team to the finals. So with that being said, never let size <laughs> uh, determine, you know, the talent or potential. Of a player, and we'll leave it at that for this episode. Thank you all for listening. Whoever's out there listening, my name is Ash. Find me across social media at Planet Asha. This has been the Love the Game Podcast, where we talk about NBA hoops. As always, I've been with my boy Justin, my co-host. Justin, go ahead and sign off. All right, yeah, I man. Uh, again, you guys can find me um, on all social
1: media platforms, uh, Twitter. Justin. Justin Baptiste 4, uh, Instagram, Justin Baptiste twenty um, two. I forget my i myself. I don't have to have to think about like my social medias, but like Snapchat. What the the other ones are what? TikTok and what else? What other social media YouTube,
0: you? I don't know any I, I I honestly only use Instagram and Twitter and I have a YouTube. That's it.
1: That's really about it. Yeah. And my who's blog too. So if you want to check, check that out too. Definitely uh Something that's going to be um, happening almost like throughout the entire month that's I'm into right now. So definitely a Google blog. But follow me on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, and you'll see all that on there. Tresandlays.com. Yep.